Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com uh, That's fine if you'd like to. We thank you for joining us anywhere on the podcast after we do it or we do it live or whatever. Whatever floats your boat, man. Um, today is Ask Lawyer Bill Thursday. He'll be here shortly to discuss anything you need help with as far as legality and that uh, means divorce and child support and estates and wills and other things. So uh, text your questions. As many attorneys as are advertising on TV, you've got to have questions and they seem to be pretty one-dimensional. Bill can kind of branch out and answer whatever your question is, 8789420. And or any of the other texts we have about stuff. We'll get to some of those from the past couple of days too. We haven't uh, haven't read any of them. But let me tell you how let me tell you but what the choices are to lead with today. <laughs> um, I'm really contemplating that all the news is about such this endless, endless, endless stuff about Trump and the endless stuff about politics and the endless stupidity in the world. And it, it leaves you with this. Can you freeze sour cream? What you need to know to help it last. Well, now, you know, that is your first practical. choice. Uh, and how to clean an air fryer. Easy steps for your well-loved appliance. What do you think? I, I think I'm you know, hiring some other <laughs> to do that. I, I, That's nasty. I, yeah, I'm paying someone for that. <laughs> but ours is so damn big; we didn't, it's it's hardly ever used. But they're really great. They're they awful. take up the, the the entire kitchen. <laughs> uh, but anyway, today uh, we have Bill, and we have uh, various stories from the entertainment world and the movie world, and uh, other things like that. And we will uh, scour through what we can. What we think is um, reasonable to discuss. But Jesus, this news, stop it, media, stop it. Media is just beating this stuff to death, and it's, God, it's so fucking old. But um, it is what it is, and we will carry on. Let's just start with, uh, anytime that I see the name Kiss and Gene Simmons in a, in a tease line, I just get all the tingle. My dopamine goes up, and all the brain things that, make you feel good just seeing the word kiss and gene simmons you get makes all me happy <laughs> i wouldn't say tingly that suggests something else but not in a good way i kind of fear the story the way that i fear gene what is this nonsense wesley well gene did something very good it says he stole oh, well. the show at mending kids imagine gala and uh, what he did mending kids is a charity that provides surgical care for kids uh, in need it's one of those they do great great work and have for 18 years and as one of their fundraisers they have their big imagine gala where they have top name guests come in and get donations and have the kids there that have gone through these surgeries and had their lives changed for the better because of them. And this one was to celebrate the milestone of, it says, mending its 5,000th uh, 5, child. And it happened uh, over the weekend. And one of the highlights, it says, was Gene Simmons. He gave an impromptu speech and donated a quarter of a million dollars to this donation. Or oh, this, uh, nice. 
yeah, this charity. He offered up a signed version of his signature Axe guitar for the live auction, which ended up selling for $75,000 and added uh, on front row seats and VIP backstage passes to his Kiss concert and a personal dog walk to the more winning bidder. So... Right. By him? <laughs> no, that that's the that's one of the little weird touches though that makes it memorable, I suppose. But yeah, he's so that was a good to, thing. He's trying to even out his karma from being for, for being the demon for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you <laughs> go. I think, and, I think that 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 is a that's one of the things about him that people don't really seem to know. I remember uh, when that TV show was on, and. He was um, more like a normal person than ever with his wife and his kids. And he was actually pretty likable because he was someone's dad and someone's husband. Well, he got mm -hmm. married. He, he married her eventually. Uh, Shannon, what's her name? Uh, Tweed. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the most touching things I ever saw him do, which nobody ever remembers, uh, he was heavily involved with the uh, Wounded Warriors. And he mm -hmm. went with one of his kids to a hospital to meet uh, some of these men who were laying there with limbs missing and were distressed and, and bummed out. And he got emotional and uh, got kind of teary and was a real normal human being. And then that night he put on all, you know, all, all the makeup and had his tongue out and was implying he wanted to lick you. And so uh, <laughs> well, uh, he's just trying to keep it up the karma. It's yeah. all showbiz. Man. Yeah. It's, it's all showbiz nonsense. He's a pretty good dude, and uh, that was a nice touch yesterday for what he did. So, so good for him. Um, what else, Wes? I saw some more things on your rock and roll news list. Well, I, uh, the next one I've got is about Kid Rock shooting at cases of Bud Light. Yeah, I saw this. I, this was, I think he's an idiot, but this was something he it says shared on social media services. So I guess it's like his Instagram or his Facebook or his yeah, TikTok or whatever ago. he's got. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a couple of days ago. He, It shows him uh, with his back to the camera, a hoodie with his logo on it, a backwards baseball cap, and saying Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today, and he wanted to say something, be as clear and concise as possible, so he takes out, it, the story says, an AR-style rifle, and he unloads quick-firing rounds into a case of Bud Light, turns back to the camera, flips up the middle finger, and says, F Bud Light and F Anheuser Busch. And all this was because... Because Bud Light and its parent company, uh, Anheuser-Busch, partnered with influencer and trans rights activist Dylan Mulcavany, uh, I think is how you say the name. Yeah, I uh, saw the, her or whatever she over is. The, over the weekend, they appeared on Instagram in a video promoting Bud Light. There was a can, a special can that Bud made for them with their picture on it. And they said they were you know, just celebrating and it was the best gift ever. So, Anheuser-Busch, I don't know if they put out this statement because of what Kid Rock did or well, just did There were several more anyway. people that, that did reactive things on the internet. Uh, uh, yeah. Travis Tritt said something, and it's all about, you know, screw Budweiser and, 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 and how dare they. They're a company that's in business to be inclusive to all people mm -hmm. that have money to buy beer with. And so you take this personally. And and uh, and you know, Kid Rock is a known hard hard right dude, and mm -hmm. that's 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 his thing. That's great, but you know what? A, what a waste of a case of beer. Was my, <laughs> well, I'm uh, saying, well, it is Bud Light. And you know, for all the people who are getting all worked up about this, it's not yeah. anything new. 
The story goes on to say the company's support of the LGBT community dates back to the 80s. They've been a longtime sponsor of Pride events across the country. They've been recognized by the Human Rights Campaign for the support of LGBTQ uh, employees within their company. They were a major sponsor of the Equity Act, and they, in 2017, released a limited edition Pride can, and they've reportedly donated over $13 million over the years to local and national nonprofit organizations dedicated to LGBTQ equality. So this is nothing new. It's just the latest thing that uh, has, I guess, triggered, so to speak, a lot of people. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Budweiser and Hazard Bush, uh, they are owned now by a company that's out of the country. I can't oh, remember yeah. the name of the country, but they're not owned by the people up in St. Louis anymore. But the reactions like this just keep feeding into this extremism and the reactive nature of people that act before they think. Why do you give a shit who drinks what beer and who they endorse? It's their money and their product. So go buy some Coors Light and just shut up. Uh, I I don't need, I don't, I'm so tired of everybody's need to react and go on social media and run their mouth about things they just don't agree with. And we all disagree about some things, but isn't there some better way to do this? My story about how to freeze sour cream sounds more appealing all the time. (laughs) If you put it in the wrong place in the fridge, it's going to freeze anyway. <laughs> I've done that. It'll make it lumpy or grainy oh, if you, yeah. and affect the quality. So I want to make sure that you yeah. understand that. And if you want to, uh, how to clean your air fryer and uh, do it right away and use a soft sponge with soapy water to get the appliance <laughs> looking brand new. So I'm trying to balance out this insanity with with that, which is entirely pointless and nobody cares. Uh, what is an interesting move here and a smart move by Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters is to begin working out their return in small, intimate rooms. What does that story entail? Yeah, they uh, are, the Foo Fighters' first show is, uh, since Taylor Hawkins' death are going to include, it says, a special club gig at the 450-person capacity, The Atlantis, which is a new Washington, D.C. venue. Mm. And there is a report from Rolling Stone about how they're going to be doing some other intimate shows, I guess just kind of trying to work their way, warm their way up into the uh, bigger arenas that uh, are going to be packed by the time they get there. And what is still a question is, is who's going to be taking up the drums? There's been a lot of rumors floating about. Some have been shot down. Some haven't. And But no official announcement on this. The uh, only thing that they said is that uh, they are making good on the promise to fans that uh, they would be out on the road and out there for the fans this year. So, I would bet that they are going to experiment with several drummers during these intimate small shows. That's the smart so. move. That would be a mm-hmm. good call, yeah. That's a smart move. You, you, you don't just want to toss somebody out there in some big giant gig in some arena and see what happens you need to do it live and to test out some the the uh, stones were always known for in advance of a new album for popping up out of nowhere in some small club to work out some of the new material so this would make sense to have new drummers play with them in a club before they toss them out there in front of you know thousands of people and see how they they react so uh, so back to me uh, sour cream is a versatile uh, dairy product 
that can be used in, in many dishes like potatoes, burritos, soups, and even baked goods. It's not only tasty, but it's also rich in vitamin A, E, calcium, phosphorus, and selenium, according to Livestrong or Livestrong. Um, so, uh, yeah, you need <laughs> okay. to it. I'll go get my bottle right. now. I'm just trying to help, man. I, I, I know. I'm just trying to avoid the most of this stuff. There is, there's, there is, um, there are stories about new movies. Some of them are. Th- I haven't heard about this one. Somebody is finally playing off the success. What fifty years ago? No, not fifty, but close. Of the Exorcist, and I would have ignored the story entirely, but it involves Russell Crowe, and it involves a book um, of, that a that a real life. Um, exorcist he was a priest and he wrote this book and I read this story and thought is this a bunch of baloney or is this maybe likely the real life popes um, the this guy was he did this for a long time saw patients levitate spit nails and gain super strength and Russell Crowe I think is who is who is playing this priest who is not deceased but the book is really a trip, and the movie plot line, The Pope's Exorcist, sounds like it'll draw some uh, some some big crowds. Your choices are that or Barbie, uh, and they somehow are similar. I can't quite figure out exactly how, uh, but I feel that there's going to be a there's, there's that coming out, and air is coming out, and other things this weekend so we'll run some of that down to you in the meantime our buddy bill jones will be here ask lawyer bill eight seven eight nine four two zero it is a free interaction with an attorney you will not find this anywhere ever again so here's your chance to ask your question don't be afraid we won't, we won't use your name you can ask um, if what is bothering you and, and bill will tell you how to start okay He's coming up. We'll be back in a sec. Once again, 878-9420. First, the AVET Brothers. This is Drake Digital. Lucky you. Your chance to hear this is whenever you want to, okay? This morning, my current podcast, MusiCast, the best rock and roll, live rock and roll ever made, is on at 9 o'clock. And uh, you can hear it if you have not yet had a chance to hear it. It's really entertaining. And I'm working on a part three for this coming weekend. What is your podcast this week, Wes? You told me, but I forgot. Yeah, my podcast is all about the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie that came out uh, over this past weekend. And my take on it, my uh, connection to it and the D&D game, how the two kind of play together, and my final grade on the whole thing. Your connection to it would mean what? Where you did, well, did you have the to... connection to how how things and tropes and uh, bits and pieces from the tabletop game are reflected in the movie. Ah. So it was a tabletop game before it was anything else. Oh yeah, it was a a role playing game, a offshoot of miniatures wargaming. Okay. Wes has been playing since he was three. Don't you know that, Drake? I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what he just said, but um, but um, but okay. Uh, there were some texts the past couple of days we should get to and acknowledge those that text us. We appreciate it. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Get him in for Lawyer Bill. He is heading our way soon. Legal questions about whatever you have an issue with. And sometimes they're confusing and you don't know where to go. 
Uh, so here's a good place to start. 878-9420 for our friend Bill Jones from the Jones Law Firm in a bit. What do you have yonder there? Yeah, yesterday or the day before, we were talking about Steve Lukather and Tommy Bolin and people. And uh, Polly sent us a quote from Lukather about Tommy Bolin. He says he was ahead of his time as a player. He, I was... I was and am a fan of his hybrid playing. Billy Cobham's Spectrum was a big influence on me as a guitar player and the whole genre of fusion in the 70s. I'm thankful I was asked to play on Great Gypsy Soul. This was a wonderful yet surreal experience that touched my heart. It brought back so many memories. God bless Tommy and my brother Jeff Percaro, who played drums, says Steve Lukather. That's really sweet. Uh, Gypsy Soul was on Tommy's second album called, uh, it was called uh, Private Eyes. But Billy Cobham uh, is a jazz drummer, and that's where a lot of people first heard about Tommy Bolin. If you do play drums, or if you like that kind of fusion jazz, that's a, that's some of the first stuff that Tommy ever did. He must have been about 20 years old. But when you listen to that record, if you really want to get into some headphone listening and listen to, uh, I've never heard, uh, this this guy Cobham, was a, he, he, he played very fast and very busy and very few records have uh, the guitar player playing along with the drummer almost note for note and it's otherworldly it's it's just very strange and just intense as to how they did this but that was Tommy's introduction I guess to the world and Cobham just saw him play somewhere as did Jimi Hendrix now this is back in the late because because Jimmy died in 1970 and so Tommy was in a band out in Denver called Zephyr. But somehow, um, he and Hendrix had a meeting of some kind when Jimmy saw him play, and uh, Jimmy gave him a ring off of his finger that Tommy was buried with. So, if Tommy died in 75 or 6, and Hendrix died in 1970, if you do play guitar or drums, and when he, on the teaser album, there are a number of different uh, instrumental kind of jazz Jazz fusion rock records that are they justify what anybody is doing these days? But uh, that's a nice, nice quote. Thank you for uh, sharing that. What else you got? We were talking about the restaurant called Drake's that you went to out of yes. town recently, and they would not it, let me have it for free. Really that's, annoying. That really, is just such rude. BS. It's rude. At least half price. Jeez. Is it, what is uh, it, burgers, burgers, beer, and sushi or something? Beer, burgers, and sushi, which yeah. is, just reeks of <laughs> uh, hours of endless vomiting and food poisoning and E. coli, and it's just a wrong combination. But when you think about it, sushi, 30 years ago, let's say, was, was people just went, oh, yuck. But my kids were, were eating sushi when they were little. So sushi is not something that is unique anymore it's it's everywhere and so it isn't that far-fetched to expect to have a restaurant that is that versatile because they had a, a great menu with you know salmon and burgers and and then this whole page of sushi and you go no wait a minute this just can't work but but it <laughs> does and i'm surprised they haven't expanded some well but in the south i would suspect that many people go sushi i ain't eating no damn raw fish Maybe raw catfish, but that's not how they do sushi. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they aren't more around the country because it's basically a, a a a sports bar that has all these things, but and and TVs everywhere and all of that. Yeah. Well, Wally, yeah. 
Wally says Drake's is one of their favorite restaurants. Nashville and Chattanooga is where he has visited. The Sriracha Wings and the Midori Roll are the best, he says. Well, it was all really good. It was it, it was kind of shocking how, how, how good it was. Yeah. What else? Uh, Therese says, hey, ask Wes if he caught the Easter egg in the Dungeons & Dragons movie, which I saw and loved, she says. Only one? Which one? There's yeah. like ah. 50. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't say. Um, um, yeah. Okay. And then mm-hmm. Amy says, a Killers of the Flower Moon is a true story in a fantastic book. Check it out, says Amy. That's a new film uh, by Martin Scorsese oh. with Leo DiCaprio. Um, great title. And the book. Huh. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I can recommend to you... Um, I need to check this. It's time. It's this time of year when uh, CJ box, one of our favorites and an old friend of this program does a new book about Joe Pickett. I need to check that out. But if you're looking for something new and can't find anything, I may have brought this guy up a few weeks ago, but I bought this first book because of the reviews of it on Amazon. And it was really funny. It's uh, it's hard to describe. The guy's name is Matthew Norman, and he's written four or five books. Uh, they're, I don't want to say lifestyle. They're about families and, and just the interaction of people and the dysfunction of us and our families and our friends. The first one that I bought um, is called We're All Damaged. And just a, just a, a, a fast-paced, hard-to-put-down read. There's one now that I'm reading called The Last Couple Standing. It's about uh, four four couples that got married. They were all high school sweethearts. And they got married in their 20s. And they all broke up except for one couple. And so they are describing how they keep their marriage intact. Then the next, his very first one is called Domestic Violets. I love the title, and so I bought that, and that's uh, yet to read. But the reviews of it, um, fast, fun, hilarious read. Uh, he is This guy is really good. I'm surprised these books have not been turned into movies because they have that, that kind of a vibe. But Matthew Norman, if you're searching for someone new to read, I recommend that. What else, Sid? Uh, Tom, uh, Tim says, you guys rule bringing tears to my eyes about Tommy Bolin. Why? Thank you, Tim. Yeah, he, I I don't know. There are just some artists. Um, I'm always so surprised when someone knows who he is. And I find that to be very, very, uh, very moving too. I, um, was in San Diego, California when, teaser came out i had no idea who the guy was and the album cover kind of catches your eye at first because he looks like a chick um with really great hair and he's smiling and the album cover is eye-catching immediately and then you hear the record and every song on it is different and so i was just uh, kind of drawn into it immediately because of the of, of how versatile the guy is and because of who the players on the album were. He was traveling in pretty serious company. And um, then I interviewed him for an hour on the phone in uh, San Diego and then went, now, now 
he was older than I was then, and he was probably 24 or 25 years old. But the guy had already done so many things. And when Joe Walsh left the James gang, Joe told the guys, get this kid, Tommy Boland. He's got the goods. And Richie Blackmore left Deep Purple, and they brought him in, along with David Coverdale and uh, Glenn Hughes. But the, but his his uh, talent, his 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 very first concert was in San Diego, at the La Paloma Theater. I'll never forget that. And there, I've said this before. There was a a bunch of stars on hand in this small place to watch this guy, you know, play. His band at the time was made up of the majority of the band that played with uh, Stevie Wonder, which also tells you how good this guy was. And upstairs at this party were people like Timothy Leary. And to meet Timothy Leary in your life is um, quite the experience. He was very happy and probably just high on, well, but uh, yeah, I, I'm always... Um, just thrilled to hear from people that know who Tommy is because he was so good and the plans for him and his career were already set. The guy was going to be a major star because he was so great on stage and played uh, anything just, just beautifully. He was, he had two albums out by himself, teaser and private eyes. You can buy them still. And there are t-shirts and merch and all kinds of things. And uh, I in fact have, the very first copy of the album that was pressed, hmm. uh, a good friend of mine and Tommy's named Jeff Cook, uh, who wrote a number of the songs on this album and grew up with Tommy out in Denver, gave me his copy of the teaser album Framed. And I have that laying right here by my desk. Cool. So he's someone that if you're into music a lot and want to go back and research uh, guitar players and people that have been gone for a long time, but this album would sound new today. And just as it's, it's just, it still sounds incredible. So there's one tip for you to learn about somebody new, Tommy Boland, B-O-L-I-N. All right. What else? Todd says, would love for y'all to do, we've been, we were talking wrestling and boxing yesterday and UFC. Mm -hmm. And he said, I would love for y'all to do, live YouTube watch-alongs of Memphis wrestling from 1982. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll get right on that, bro. Yeah. yeah, throw out comments like Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, right, right, right. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, that's too big of a thong, man. Okay. <laughs> <Something>, uh, <laughs> a nut slinger. No, I don't think we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to do that, bro. but that's a lovely idea. Thank you that's so much funny, for chiming though. in. Text yeah. anytime, especially for Bill, 878 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Bill Jones, our buddy, Ask Lawyer Bill. He's coming up in a moment. 878-9420. You have problems. We all do. You need legal advice. Bill's the dude. 878-9420. After this dude and his great band, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, this is Drake Digital. This morning, my current podcast, the best live rock and roll ever made. Part two is on after this program. And if you haven't heard it, I promise you, it is a lot of fun to listen to. It's a mixture of everybody. I, it's just a, a, a great mix of, of live performances. 
and I'm working on part three for this week. You wouldn't believe how much live material is out there from a ton of people. And for the upcoming one, I just told them off the air, I found two performances from Woodstock, and I thought, these are going to sound awful. Well, they don't, and I don't understand what they've done to make these sound so good. One is Sly and the Family Stone, and one is Credence. 1969, and the quality is remarkable. So that's coming up this morning at 9, and there's some more times that Sid puts up on the site, uh, on the Facebook page, and whatever else you look at. Uh, and the Jones brothers, Bill and his brother Scott, do one every week about various amendments than this week coming. The Third Amendment, good morning, Mr. Jones. Welcome to the program. It's Ask Lawyer Bill Day, 878-9420. What are you going to look at this week? And I don't even know what's in the Third Amendment. I have no yeah, clue. The Third Amendment, it's, it's the easiest constitutional amendment that we've got. It just says um, you don't have to house soldiers. Um, if, if soldiers come by your house, you don't have to put them up. You don't have to let them sleep. You don't have to give them a quarter. So we're going to talk about that, and that's not going to take us too long. So then we're going to briefly kind of look at, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion now over, over Trump and his indictments, and a lot of my, my fellow conservatives are, are yelling and screaming and saying, this is no different than when Bill Clinton paid Paula Jones. Well, oh, yeah, it it's, it's extremely different. And yeah. we're we're going to kind of debunk that and talk about some other things that are just going on. It yeah, should be I, fun. I um I do think that this is a topic that you can't ignore. Um, the uh, media in its infinite, um, let's say, lack of wisdom, just will not leave this alone. And I guess eyeballs are going to it. Um, but it uh, it's just a kind of a dark day, I think, for. The history of the presidency and 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 our current situation, and this man has gotten way too much. It's he's just it's been a, a a disruptive and chaotic thing since day one. Did he have some decent ideas? Was it a good idea to get a businessman in that office? Many folks, you know, me included, thought yes, it probably is but not somebody who was a TV talk show host and a pop culture joke. Uh, it's turned out to be uh, a real uh, fiasco and not a good look for this country and for that office. And so I, um, I saw some notes last night about how um, about 40% of the party in Congress are you know MAGA people. The rest are keeping their mouth shut and staying away. Um, there are those that think that this is going to, whoever runs on the Dem side, uh, has a gigantic advantage because they'll vote for that person as they voted for Joe Biden with sure. a vote that was against Trump because of his great polarization among people. There are some that think he is some kind of savior. I don't understand that, uh, because of, I mean, we're not any of us perfect, but his flaws are many and varied. Uh, not that there haven't been other people, people that, that have those same flaws. One of your points was about his age and about Joe Biden's age, too. Joe is the oldest person 
to get in that office at 78. The youngest was John Kennedy at 43. So the age factor, um, I don't know how you approach that. If they're competent in doing things, but at 75 or 78 or 82 or 3, is your mind working enough to do this gig properly? I mean, I, it's so what do you hear from... There's one thing, again, to, I think, emphasize about being a conservative does not mean that you're part of this, you know, MAGA bunch. That is correct. With Lauren Boebert and, you know, that Marjorie, that embarrassing human being, and Matt Getz and this bunch that just seems to be, they're just stupid people. Um, and it's, it's, it's just frightening for that party. That's why 40% of Americans call themselves independents. They won't claim either party, and it's hard to blame them. So what is the gist of your discussion going to be about these 34 counts? I don't understand that. It's about, you know, it's about paying off his, you know, various whores, it seems like. But 34 counts, and they're all felonies. Yeah, we're going to talk about what it is. What, what is a felony? What are the counts? Um, and then we're going to compare and contrast it to other presidents who have been caught. It, it's not so much that, look, politicians have been paying people off for ages. Oh, um, forever. That, that, yeah. That's not the problem. The, the problem's the cover-up. The problem is that he paid, you know, allegedly he paid it through um, – some campaign, campaign funds yeah. and then and then tried to cover it up so in trying to cover it up he he doctored or they doctored some forms they're saying that they're incorrectly done and there were 34 times that there was incorrect information um so those are the indictments it's it, it's really to me it doesn't have a whole lot of teeth um that's what most people that's that are in in your world say that there isn't a lot to this, that, that the depth of it is not the depth that is going to be coming uh, after this out of down Georgia, in Georgia uh, yeah. and with the Mar-a-Lago thing. That's the problem. Those are the biggest problems, not this. And then you, then you have a judge in this case who has been brought into question because he has been, he has done two different cases before with Trump's people and find him one time a million six for business fraud and put somebody in jail. So um, that was an odd judge to assign to this. I don't know how that works in New York State or city. And I also don't understand why somebody doesn't tell Mr. Trump it's in his best interest to quit bad rapping this judge. I don't understand that at all. Be quiet, man. Uh I don't either. I had a I had a bet with a, a buddy of mine that whether or not he would uh, intimidate the the judge or witnesses at his speech the mm -hmm. the night after. Um, I thought he wouldn't after do after it, his but he did. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm. Uh, I just I, I'm I'm over hearing about him. I'm yep. I just I, I can't imagine that he's the greatest to run from my party it's just embarrassing it um, is embarrassing and it's um but it's no more just... it's no more embarrassing than democrats saying that they're going to run joe again again he, he look give him a, a purple heart and a big check and let him go enjoy your life i'm I, the point i'm bringing up is whether it's trump whether it's biden 
putting a 83-year-old in office and giving him four years, it just seems to me to not be the wisest of moves. Uh, yeah, I can concur with that. I um, um, I lost my, my thought. Uh, well, yeah. I'm not well, saying you can't do anything when you get old, but I'm saying we have other... We tell pilots, you're 65, you can't fly the plane. We don't trust you with this many people. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we should do that with the leader of the free country. Maybe. Well, the, the other part to me that is an interesting thing is in April, uh, a year and a half away from the election, usually by now you got eight, nine, ten people on each side who, who have you know, lined up to run, run in these primaries. This time you don't. Um, Ron DeSantis has has no, he's he, done. He, he has run off wait his his entire approach has run off his own party and um, Robert F Kennedy Jr signed on to run on the dim side yesterday he ain't the guy either uh, but usually by now you've got people coming coming you know, you know out of the woodwork to run for the presidency I believe we've come to a, a point in time where, where politicians realize it's probably a lot safer and, and easier to be in Congress and to just do that and take the money that way and run your corrupt schemes that way. Why take on this thankless, impossible job that is really more of a, you know, figurehead gig anyway? Because yeah. you'll be gone in, you know, four to eight years. Why even bother with this and ruin your life? And so you're left with these two people and nobody else that, that seems to have a shot. It ain't Nikki Haley, although she's raising a ton of money. But Trump is not being helped by this, you know, MAGA branch of extremisms or the uh, extremists who are doing some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I don't understand it. Why someone doesn't tell them to be quiet. Nobody has any guts anymore in these parties. Speak I, up. I, I don't disagree. All right. I don't disagree. So the the, the uh, Third Just, Amendment is pretty the, short. Third doesn't Amendment this, is pretty short. Doesn't this beg the question, as people often bring up, is it time to go back a few hundred years and examine what was written and what is now entirely out of date? Yeah. And adapt, we, you know? No, no. So we 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 have that built in. Whenever I hear that argument, I always I always just kind of roll my eyes because we we've got a system built in to do that and those are amendments to the constitution. We Yeah. We we didn't like how how alcohol was going for a while, so we did prohibition. Then we changed that and then we said, "Okay, let's change it back the other way." We we said women should should, you know, be able to vote. So we did that. Um, So, I mean, we've got mechanisms built in to where we can review and and add and amend things. So that's already built in there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's a real out of control feeling kind of time, but there's nobody, you know, driving this ship. Uh, It's, it's just. We seem like we're just out there, you know, floating about in the abyss and no one knows what to do. We should um, look at a couple of things from Tennessee that I think are worthy of note, which is not really 
uh, your area of the law, but at least they are things that are uh, involving the law. With federal judges, you know, shutting down this, you know, drag thing and the, the uh, Democrats that uh, may be expelled from um, from the House in the state, it, it, just, it just seems nuts to me. Uh, plus your questions, we have those stacked up. Add on to it if you like, 878-9420. More with our friend Bill Jones. Ask Lawyer Bill continues after this on Drake Digital. A couple of questions here, are not, not, not questions yet, but the text line uh, is taking your uh, things for Bill, 878-9420. Those are coming up here. I want to just cover these things. This, this really isn't your area of the law, but you're a lawyer, and so you know how these things maybe operate. Uh, only two House members in this state have been expelled since the Civil War. That happened a long time ago, if, I, if my memory serves. For the first time ever, the Tennessee House could possibly expel three sitting uh, members in the same day. These are the three that got up um, inappropriately, improperly, not within protocol. Uh, to join in on a gun reform protest on the House floor. This is a rarity. Uh, they were, they spoke out of order about a hot-button issue in Tennessee. And, and uh, it's about gun reform. And they were all black. And so now the NAACP uh, and uh, Van Turner, who you know, uh, all these people are really angry at the reaction of the party in control in the state, and they are they want to do something about this. I um, these people spoke out of order. That's an affirmative. But doesn't it seem to be uh, a bit of a temper tantrum to threaten to expel them from their elected positions and highly inappropriate and not doable? What's your take on that? Well. Uh, I mean, look, they're, they're, if you want to talk temper tantrum, go back and, and watch the footage of, of their Oh, I saw it. Protest. Um, yeah. So, I mean. Bad choice, I, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was the wrong place, wrong time to do it. Actions have consequences, which everybody's already said. Um, I, I think you, their peers are the ones that are going to be voting on it. Um. What I don't like, I'm always against removing somebody from public office where the constituents, the voters, have put them there. Um, I always think that that's that's where we take people out of office is with with our votes in November. Um, yeah. But look, if 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 they broke the protocol, they they knew that that was the risk that they were taking when they wanted to do their protest. Is that written down someplace? If you protest on the well, floor, you're out. I doubt it. There, I think it's more than just the protest and the out of order. I think there's some allegations that there were some people threatening, pushing, touching, and those, those there are specific written laws about that. But um, truly, what you've got is a bunch of people pissed off that that the session was interrupted, that the rules of decorum weren't followed, and they're raising a fuss decorum. about decorum. Uh, all right, so let's just transfer this concept to Marjorie, the Trader Trash Queen, 
during her little outburst uh, during Biden's uh, big speech, and idiots like this 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 broad Lauren 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 Boebert who is just feeble-minded um, and says remarkably stupid things and has outbursts on the floor. Why aren't they being removed? Now that that is a federal gig. She's from from uh, Colorado and won that race by under a thousand votes. And I guess that she's up for re-election next year and she'll be gone. Uh, but why doesn't somebody raise more of a stink and tell these insane people that it, it is not appropriate, it's not part of protocol, you're a member of the federal government, act like it. So in this state, when three black people get up and raise hell, the first thought is to get them out. It seems to be more emotional than logical or legal to me. Well, it's the timing. It's the timing, too. I mean, you've got you've got this occurring right after right in Nashville, right after, you know, all <clears> the, <throat> the, the six people were shot at the school. Uh, I mean, it, it's just an emotionally charged issue already. And, and that's why you've got legislatures throwing their hands up. There's. Everybody just has this knee-jerk reaction these days. I know. Um, Anger. To where, to where it's it's now, you've done something wrong, so it's now my right to be offended. Uh, right. And that, mm-hmm. just doesn't, that just doesn't exist. Nope, nope, nope. Just because, you know, your facts and my opinion don't uh, don't go together doesn't mean that you have the right to, you know, claim, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's also out of control. Uh, how about the situation where a federal judge has shut down the banning of the drag show thing? Um, I, which is this whole thing is 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 pretty ridiculous. Uh, but the power of a federal judge—I never really have understood that. Is it a federal judge in Tennessee who said, uh, "Put the brakes on this. This is not cool. It is. Uh, it's inappropriate. It's wrong." And so now this thing has been put on hold. What does this federal so judge federal, and his move mean? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just they're reviewing it and seeing whether or not this is a protected class, whether or not this bill and law is constitutional, whether it um, it goes it's contrary to the United States Constitution or the Tennessee Constitution, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, and I think there's some, look, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, too, between drags and... Transgender. transgender yeah um there, people don't just, understand it that that's the problem and they're so they're they they just fear it they don't know what it is so they're scared of it and they want them gone whatever they are i, I don't disagree um i, I mean it, it's it it's just a weird it's a weird thing but the the drag show um ordinance it's going to be held up on on constitutional grounds we'll have to see what they change it again i don't think anybody thought that was going to last yeah um that's that's politicians trying to get votes trying to capture on this key issue right now which it's not a key issue i mean i i don't know it's a newsy Um, media issue it it really it really is that's what it is, and that's what politicians have become. Uh, is it, you know, who can say the most outrageous thing to get the most coverage that day uh, when their concerns ought to be taking care of their home state 
and solving problems, not not fighting over these culture wars about LGBTQ and what bathrooms you can use and what books you can read. God almighty, there are other things that need to be addressed, but they're too busy with this nonsense to do anything. That's why people have stopped voting. They just don't care. But maybe um, by the same token, the absurdity of all of this will wake people up and they realize these idiots are in office because you didn't vote to begin with. So maybe it's time that you voted and woke up to, and learned about the candidates and what they believe in and vote for the one that can do something to help their state and stop worrying about bathroom usage. God almighty. Anyway, 878-9420. Questions for our friend lawyer, Bill. Go ahead. What do you got, Sid? Yes, and on a side note, the three Tennessee House members, one white woman and two black men. Just side note. Oh, she was um, white? Oh, uh-huh. wow. How dare her? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this one's from Greg. I was, I was pulled over on Summer Avenue. Yes, totally my fault, but good to know they're stopping people. In my exchange with Memphis Finest, he asked me if I had a restraining order out on me. He said there was one out in my name, but he wasn't sure it was me. I have no clue what this is about. Is there a way I can find out if there's a restraining order, if it's attached to me by mistake, or if it even exists? He says, by the way, divorced for 11 years. Doubt there was one to begin with, but if, if so, I was never notified. So how does one find out? Guy with the same name as somebody else. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to have to do a, a check on on the um, on the website you can go to the shelby county general sessions website do a name search on yourself see if anything's pulled up there run your social how about that well you can't run your social through that system but uh you you can go and check online and see if that's there yeah if it's his name i mean will it be a picture well like how will he know it's you, you would look for you would look for documents on it but if he hasn't been served with anything yeah. Um, then, then there's nothing against him. There, so the officer went to his car and his computer and ran the dude's name and license, and that came up. That sounds like bad bookkeeping. It it probably is, but it's that whole Kafka thing that we all read back in high school. You can't charge somebody if they don't know what they're being charged with. So. If this guy's never been served with a restraining order, then nothing applies to him right now. So if the cop thought that this was, in fact, real, wouldn't he have locked him up? He could have. I mean, that's that's on the spot, a decision. I got pulled over one time, and they said I had an outstanding ticket in Alabama that wasn't paid. And mm-hmm. I, I had to argue with the cop for a second, and he sent me on my way, and, and that was that. Um, but... It, it, it's not William unusual. Jones, probably a pretty common name. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of us running around. I know there's <laughs> at least five in my family. A couple. Mm. So it was your dad, probably, or your son. So sure. Well, uh, that's okay. So, uh, so he should go online and he do should what? go. On, he should go online to the General Sessions website um, and and do a name search on himself and see if he pulls up any records. If that doesn't work, then he can he can always call the office. Um, and, and we can research that form. And your phone number there, and you're in a new location in Clark Tower on Poplar Avenue. We are. Phone yes. number phone number is 761-5353. All right, next question, Sid. 
Eric says, my best friend of 40 plus years is the last of immediate family of his parents and siblings. His situation is this. His older brother passed away a couple of years ago, and he just received a communication from what's apparently the company over his deceased brother's pension, in which my friend must have been made beneficiary without his knowledge. The question is, how could he go about getting his brother's social security number that he was asked for? Both parents are, are deceased, and there are no other living relatives with that information. The deceased last lived in Holly Springs, but was from Shelby County, Tennessee. Who must he contact to get this information on or social security number? Well, it, if he doesn't have the social uh, and he can't get it, he may have to actually open an estate uh, in order to make sure that those funds are transferred over to him. So if, if, if he was made the beneficiary, but his buddy didn't give him the identifying information he needed, then the workaround there is to get a judge to sign an order ordering where those funds should be. So it, it may be that you've got to do that, but um, there are amazing things you can do online. I mean, there are these little um, online private detectives that you can hire. You may want to look into that. That may be a cheaper option for you, too. Just just Google it. It has yeah. all the answers. It it really does. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. What? I'm sorry, I was man. about to say it's it's not Chat GPT, but Google is still pretty good. Yeah, and if <laughs> and if and if this gosh damn Bing doesn't stop trying to put stuff on my computer, I'm gonna find Mister Bing my own self and have a talk with him. <laughs> Go away, jeez Louise. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. More texts for Lawyer Bill in a moment after David Bowie. And the guitar on this you'll hear is Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is Drake Digital. That's right. This morning, my podcast, the music cast, Between the Grooves at after this program. And it'll be, it's the best live rock and roll ever made, part two. There's so many things to, to choose from that um, I keep finding more and more and more and more. And it's all really entertaining so hopefully you'll hear it and lawyer bill's new cast is going to be on this weekend talking about the third amendment and the current trial of uh one donald trump and how the boys view that and how they see this whole thing uh from their side and from both sides and if if, i guess if there are even two sides to it but it's a mess. Anyway, back to the text line, 8789420. Questions for Bill. Go ahead, Sid. Yes. Uh, this, one's, uh, this one's from Elizabeth. My son is getting married and moving to Oak Ridge from Memphis. He lives in an apartment that he and his fiance moved into last October in Memphis. They'd like to escape any early termination penalty when they move to Oak Ridge. The bride-to-be lived in the same complex in a different apartment before they moved in together. That lease was not broken or ended early. When she moved, the management messed refunding her deposit in a, time, in a timely manner, among other things they messed up. Uh, n- the, n- neither of them signed a new lease, either digitally or actually. I'm looking through their lease to see what I can offer as a reason they can leave without an early termination fee. What should I look for? All right, so if they didn't renew the lease, then it's probably a a month-to-month tenancy, so you'd need to give 30 days. If the term of the lease is not up, there's generally not a waiver that says, oh, by the way, if you decide that you're going to get married and move somewhere else, okay, that's fine. It it just doesn't work that way. 
if there's a lease, you're you've leased it for the entire period, the entire term, and and you would have to pay something to get out of it. Now, a lot of landlords allow you to get out of it if you offer to let them like keep the security deposit and pay them another month's rent or something like that. It can be negotiated, but if there's a lease that's still active and the term's not up, he's kind of stuck, mm-hmm. and he's at the goodwill of the landlord to try and talk it talk it through with them. If there is not a valid lease, then it's, it's month to month. It renews every 30 days, and you're going to need to give notice uh, that, you're, that you're leaving within 30 days. But it's all going to come down to what that original lease says. And what kind of a guy the leaseor is. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, yeah. and, and what kind of tenants they have been. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're the tenants who are, are calling, griping every week or uh, have left the place filthy, I, if I'm the landlord, I'm not going to bend over to help them out. If they've right. been good and they're good kids, then, yeah, here, here you go. Have fun. Right. Have a good life. All right. 878-9420. Ask Lawyer Bill. What do you have? Uh, actually, Bill, she also wonders if she could email the lease to you for a fee to look it over or to see what you think. Or how does that work? She oh, said yeah. the magical word, and that is for a fee. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. So, yeah, so sure. Uh, I mean, the, the email address is on the website. It's bill at MidSouth Divorce. So um, how do you bill her now for that if she, what if she just says, I didn't? Well, no, what she'd do is she'd call the office. Uh, Heather would Heather would set up a time for us to talk and get a small payment and and we'd handle it that way okay do you take bitcoin yet uh sure i'll take bitcoin (laughs) i'll take dogecoin you name it what i'll take i'll I'll take harley davidson's i'll take ammo whatever you want (laughs) and elon uh, elon musk is being sued in a for a a pyramid scheme over that uh, dogecoin nonsense i didn't know that gigantic lawsuit yeah and uh, and by the way, Sid, I am um, the dog where the little bird is on yes, uh, Twitter, on Twitter was an April Fool joke. Because well, but it was up there again yesterday. Yeah, he's such right a douche. Uh, uh, it's uh, still there. He's a whole. He's 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 so smart. He's insane. Yeah. So, but that's his problem. <laughs> is there one more left? Yes. Could a person sue a politician for switching parties? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. You're voting on the, on the person, the individual, um, and you're voting for them to, to vote their conscience. Now, the party. What is can your, ask, what, what would the grounds of your lawsuit be I, that you, I, that you voted for them, but just because they had a D or an R by their name? There's your first mistake. Yeah. I, so the no, answer is no. The, the answer is no. Don't the, waste your time. That's all I got. I don't have anything cute or funny to say after that. It's just the answer is no. <laughs> nope. Uh, but nice, nice try. So how is how is your, this is um, this is early April. So what is the stream of uh, stuff no, happening in your office? It's tax lawsuit time, divorces, and meanness and. Uh, uh, it's it's mainly it's mainly divorces. It's people are getting ready to. So schools getting ready to get out in May. Folks that are looking what 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 we're gearing up for right now are all these relocation cases. Folks that want to move away with their kids or put their kid in a school different school district because they're moving homes. The other parent doesn't want them to. 
now's the time that that starts so you can have a ruling by August when school starts back up. So that's that what we've like kind of got. a lot of fun. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's a laugh a minute. Uh, I bet it is a just a, a real chuckle house over there at, at uh, Clark Tower. Yeah. All right, my friend. We thank you, as always, for your insight and expertise on this stuff. And you can, uh, what is your current will special thing? Yeah, so um, you, you have to say Drake Digital when you call in. If you don't, you don't, you're not getting jacked. But if you if you say that, we've oh, got so our... I'm being judged on how many people are hearing this and then calling you. That's nice. Uh, well, no, you're not being judged on it. It's just those. If they, I'd say if, I'm being judged on it. Yeah. If they're Drake's people, that's the only way that they're getting a discount. Uh, otherwise, uh, okay. Otherwise, they, we have to make them feel special because they like you. That's what or to doing. feel like some kind of you know miscreant because they use my name and they are, they're they're yeah. involved with this, so they must be losers. No, I'm involved with you. I don't consider myself a loser. No, not so, at all. No, you're uh, exempt from that status. I all mean, right. I I guess I am kind of, but that, that's well, neither here nor there. You're a lawyer. Come on. My you fifteen know, year old's <laughs> right. I am a loser. <laughs> Always fifteen. Trying no, to jam not. it. I've you're got, doing I've, great. What? I've got one more that I missed. Right. Do you charge out. for a Do you charge for a sit down to discuss a will at your office before yes. they decide to move forward? Oh. Yeah, we we do. Um, so the people that do the uh, no cost consults, they're generally people that don't get paid unless you get paid. All I have to sell is time. So if you want us to review your documents or your wills, then yeah, there, it's it's a charge, but it's it's nothing crazy. A consult in our office is, is a whopping $100. Um, that so, I sounds mean, fair to me. I mean, it, yeah. It's one of the lowest um, in town as far as it's not a bad rate at all. That's why that every Thursday when we do this and you dole out all this free advice to people, that is a, you know, it's a big bonus and it helps a lot Absolutely. of people. And so we are uh, proud to do that and uh, proud to have you here. And thank you for your time today. As always, Bill is in Clark Tower. People, that's a big building over on Poplar Avenue. And I guess you're on, what, the seventh floor, you said? The seventh floor. It's not that hard to find us. All right. We're, we're, in, we're in the tallest building in East Memphis on the seventh floor. All and, right. the new, and we'll have the podcast to you this weekend. It'll be great. All right, my friend. Thank you, Bill Jones, Jones Law Firm. Tell Scott Hay and everybody, we'll talk to you soon, man. You got it. Y'all have a great week. All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Here is Uriah Heap from back in the day. People used to just love this song. It was one of those turntable hits, we used to call it. Uriah Heap, this is Drake Digital. Well, okay, I'm still kind of hanging out here talking about uh, how do you freeze yogurt. But I don't. I sense that no one cares. You mean sour cream? Sour now? No, I mean sour cream. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. but I don't think I don't think anybody's into it, so I'm gonna pass. Um, so, um, let's see, what um, is food poisoning contagious, and how long does it last? Is that kind of a dumb question? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, a stomach virus is contagious, but like food poisoning, no, that's. that's it it says something something about an infected person's bodily fluids. So if you barf. On your old lady, does she get it too? I mean, what are you talking about? Yes, you so can. If you have a stomach it. virus, I've I've known people who have experienced that. What a lovely thought to but to, to never mind. 
Well, not uh, on, but see. like near. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how 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 that would have any. How do you make coffee without a coffee maker? Check out these tips. Do you ever wonder how the cowboys made coffee around the fire on Gunsmoke or? Oh, I thought you were those shows? cowboys. Uh, no. The, do you just pour the grounds TV. in there and just, and just heat up the water? They used a, some kind of percolator, didn't they? No, they had like a tin can or oh, okay. a, a, a tin pot. Over the fire? And they would get some water out of the out of the creek and then pour in some Folgers and bam. Why not just use Sanka? <laughs> oh, I remember that stuff. I didn't My drink it, but I remember it. My grandfather drank that crap. Oh, Lordy. Sanka. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) instant coffee. God, what a horrible thing. I I don't know. I, um, I'm just left kind of flabbergasted today by all of this nonsense. Um, you had some texts about this pod. I, this, um, this music cast that I'm doing, um, really is a fun thing to do. And, and the funnest have been these past two. That are all they're all uh, various performances done live from a number of different. I mean, this goes back to the '60s, and artists that are all over the place, which is the point of this whole station. And, and the reason that I don't front sell anything is because I want people to be surprised when they hear it. And um, by all accounts, it's been very popular, and it really does sound good. I went back and listen to how my son put it together because I just do all the basic parts and then to save Wes from blowing his brains out. Uh, but um, I asked my son to do this stuff and he's an expert at this kind of stuff because the kids, you know, they have, so he puts them together and you, and it's just seamless. And, um, but the artist mix is what makes it so good. And so this, this guy texted um, or a few folks did about this, this uh, last one that I did that's going to be on here uh, after this this waste of time. What yeah, do they Stephan- say? Stephanie, actually, she says, I got home from work last night and fired up the Sonos system. You guys were still on from the morning show because that replays four until six. And right after that was the live part two music cast. So, so good. The spouse walked in from work just as Marvin Gaye was finishing and Nick Cave was starting. He wanted to know what the heck I was listening to because it was so good. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, uh, Nick Cave, uh, that song is the theme song to the show Peaky Blinders. And oh. when you hear it live, it is, it's just really good. And Nick Cave is underappreciated and so talented. And uh, I got one ready for this week, too. It is part three of the live live stuff. And I'm trying to make it really as versatile as possible. And um, so thank you for the nice comments. Who else texted something worth We got a, a couple more about the music cast. Uh, uh, Keith says, loving the show, of course. Got an idea for Drake's Into the Grooves. Different version of the same, different versions of the same song. Like I'm a Man, Spencer Davis Group in Chicago, She's Not There, Zombies Santana, Black Magic Woman, Fleetwood Mac Santana. Uh, I, I thank you, Sam and Dave, ZZ Top, Pretty Woman, Roy Orbison, Van Halen, and so on. Thanks, says Keith. Mm. No, that's decent. Um, there probably are a lot more if I were to dig into it. Um, noted. Thank you, sir, for the idea. Yeah. 
Uh, this one says, I'd be interested in hearing a uh, music cast about musical siblings like Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Vaughan, uh, who I haven't heard on the station very much. What about the Allman or Avet brothers, Anna and Nancy Wilson, the Carpenters? Would be a nice uh, contrast in musical styles. Anyway, thanks for the great music from your Arkansas contingent, says Terry. Yeah. Uh, what other siblings are there? I'm going to touch Oasis because they're both douchebags. Um, who <laughs> else is there? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the about the about the how how compelling that would be. I don't know. I love the ideas though. You know. You know. Thank you for. Helping me think. Definitely, that, uh, yeah. But but the, but this live thing um, is fun to do, and it requires less thought. To be quite frank about it, all you got to do is just start looking for the best you know live shows ever, and you can and and I I found I'll, I'll say it again that I found two things for the new one that'll air uh, Monday morning at nine from Woodstock. And I I looked at it twice and thought, 1969. How does this sound so good? Because that was such a mess. And they recorded it. I'm guessing off the soundboard, in that sea of hippies and mud and filth and and drugs. And I don't know how they sound so good, but somebody got these tapes and they cleaned them up. And uh, it just sounds sounds fantastic. So. That one will be up on uh, Monday morning, but this morning at 9 will be the uh, current one, which really is a fun thing to hear. Just put your earbuds in and imagine that you were there. It's it's really good. Yeah, and if people want to know the times that it airs, because it airs a lot throughout the week, just go look at the top of the Facebook page, because you're between the groups, MusicCast times are up there. Also, Wes's Geeks Grading Geekdom times and the Lawyer Bill podcast. They're all up there, so people can keep track. We gotta find some kind of idea for Sid to do one, Wes. Yeah. What could she do? Let's see. Satan through rock through the ages. Um, <laughs> I I saw some story that a geezer butler from Black Sabbath was talking about how they intentionally invoked the Satanism thing, but they that wasn't a really new idea. Um Zeppelin went through that phase of um, when Page was obsessed with what's his name uh, Crowley oh, yeah, and yeah. bought his old castle and all that stuff. Yeah. And ACDC milked the crap out of uh, Highway to Hell and Hell and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not sure that's that that interesting though. Um, <laughs> maybe she could rate beers. Okay. Rate beers. <laughs> I don't think that she, I think that if you're drinking Keystone Light, you have no place. I don't drink that. Rating beers. Although I I've tried it. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the, it's the bottled beer in a can. I remember that. Commercial. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh my gosh, you haven't. Oh, speaking of that. So we're rewatching Breaking Bad because, you know, it's so damn good. And the 15 year old, we're letting him watch it, which is probably bad. But anyway, um, we're just teaching him, you know, not to make meth. Um, and the, I forgot or how to make meth. Well, it doesn't really show it that closely. Um, I forgot that the, the cop, what's her name's, uh, uh, brother-in-law makes beer in the garage. 
And so it showed the the last episode we saw it was showing because we're still in the first season. The last episode that we saw, he's singing. Remember the beer Lowenbrow, and remember the song on the commercials to Lowenbrow. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the first part, but it's "Let It Be Lowenbrow." Okay, so he's it was making. Skunky. I don't know, but he's making his own beer, and his last name is like. I don't know, but he he Lowenbrow. puts his name. No, but it's something he he puts his name and then brow on his bottles of beer and with his face on there because he loves himself. And so it's let it be. Let's say it's Scherz and brow or something. And it's so goofy. And then it it pans. The camera pans down to the bottle that he's bottling. And it's his freaking face on the beer on the beer and his something brow beer that he's making. Loser. Anyway, what do you drink tangent. as far as beer, Wesley? I'm I'm guessing it's something. Um, exotic or an IPA or something like that? No. Uh, if, if I'm going for a beer that's going to be my choice of beer, uh, I like uh, Sam Adams. Ooh, my Any of their stuff? Too. Yeah. Hmm? Any of their uh, seasonal things? or I, I've had their seasonal things. My uh, brother-in-law is real in, into all of that, and so I've, I've sampled a lot of it, but I just like the... Uh, they've got a pale something. I forgot what the the line name is but that's the one i like hmm okay well that's tree, sa- tree <laughs> says i could i could do a women in music or how to be a wife mom and employee and not lose your mind podcast <laughs> yeah you are There's the prototypical that. you know kind of a the the uh, soccer mom of america type type person that does all kind of mom stuff and mm-hmm. good person stuff and you're just like kind of a kind of a nice I don't know how simple lady. Not real. I don't know how she (laughs) shut up. Shut up. I don't know how she thinks I don't lose my mind, but whatever. Maybe I need to start losing my mind. I think you do lose your, I think we all (laughs) have have lost our minds entirely. (laughs) I I got two texts from friends yesterday about various topics. And one of them ended with everything is out of control. And I check. And the other one was, um, Boy, is every uh, it was something else along just those very same lines. Everything is just nuts. All right, um, we can play some songs, I guess, Wesley, and then go into yeah. the uh, into the to the music cast deal. Right, we can do that. Okay. You want to do uh, that? Should I tease some button. of the artists? Or let me see yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I like when people hear them and they're surprised. It's part of the oh wow factor, as they used well, to call it. Teases this. them out of order. All right. Uh, the Beach Boys, Prince, Bill Withers, Pretenders, Cheap Trick, Elvis. Awesome. Uh, Nick Cave, Frank Sinatra, and I'll stop right there. Okay. But that's, that's coming up. That's coming up soon. In just a minute. So um, there you go. Any text you got, 878-9420. Keep an eye on the Facebook page and all of our social media if you like to. If you don't, we understand. Um, but you just may as well because we keep it light uh, as humanly possible. So here is, once again, one of the great intros. A song from 1967 or 8. Love this band. They, they, were, uh, they influenced a bunch of people. And they were one of the great ones. 
Felix Cavallari, The Rascals. This is Drake Digital.